بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء ومرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد الحمد لله in the previous lesson we concluded the introduction to al qawaid al arba i mentioned some of the speech from a sheikh or of course the matan from sheikh islam muhammad muhammad ibn abdul wahab as well as uh, i mentioned some of the explanation from a sheikh fawzan um, along with some speech from Sheikh Sheikh Abdullah Al Bukhari. Um, in relation to today, then the first thing that I want to discuss, of course, is the first of the four principles. Al Qaeda to Ula. And before I forget, that's what I will set for the brothers to try to memorize for next week, inshallah. So those that have that have concluded the first part, the introduction, then um, the next part is to memorize Al-Qaeda to Ula, the first principle. And that those that haven't completed, then Labat still try and keep up as well, um, complete the, the introduction and memorize up, or complete the introduction and memorize up to Al-Qaeda to Ula, inshallah. Naam. So Al-Qaeda al-Ula, the first principle, and ta'lama anna al-kufar al-ladhina qatilahum Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mukirroon bi'anna Allah ta'ala wal khaliq al-mudabbir wa'an thalik lam yudkhilahum fi al-islam wal-dalilu qawluhu ta'ala qul man yunzukukum min al-sama'i wal-ard أَمَنْ يَمْلِكُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبَصَارَ وَمَنْ يُخْرِجُ الْحَيِّ مِنَ الْمَيْتِ وَيُخْرِجُ الْمَيْتِ مِنَ الْحَيِّ وَمَنْ يُدَبِّرُ الْأَمْرَ فَسَيَقُولُونَ اللَّهِ فَكُلْ أَفَلَا تَأْتَقُونَ And so, the first principle is to know either to know that the kuffar, the disbelievers whom the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fought against they were in agreement. And they affirmed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the creator. He is the one that disposed of the affairs within the creation. And that this was not sufficient, this did not enter them into Islam. And the proof is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Yunus. Say, who provides for you and gives you provisions from the heaven and earth? And the one that is in possession of the hearing and sight, who is the one that takes the life from death and the death from life and oversees and disposes of the affairs. Indeed, they will say Allah. The Mushrikul, the disbelievers, they will say Allah. So thus say, Will you, will you not have this fear of Allah and this taqwa of Allah? And so, this first principle begins with anta'lam, I to know. And this is similar to the, the from the introduction where Shaykh Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahhabi mentions i'lam, and he know, I the command, know. And it has the same purpose. And the I'lam, the command you to know, is the same purpose where he states here, and ta'lam. I have the command, or here to say, and that you should know. I, the believer, should know. The purpose of it is to bring attention to that which will follow. And the importance of that which will follow. This first qaida, as we just read out, is a proof that the mushrikun, that the mushrikeen, the disbelievers, and the polytheists, 
هم يؤمنون بروبية الله so the the mushrikun they had belief and had they had faith in relation to the rububi of Allah because as here we're discussing the fact that these individuals that Nabi fought against they affirmed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a khaliq so they affirmed that his actions of creating and disposal of the affairs of the, create, of the creation. And they, they affirm no doubt that he's the one that gives provisions and sustains. They, they affirm his actions of Allah. And essentially, this is the rububi of Allah. That they affirm his actions. And his lordship. This is how he cultivates the creation itself. However, لَكِنْ لَمْ يُخْلِصُوا إِبَادَتُهُمْ لِلَّهِ وَذَلِكَ However, even though they affirmed this Rububiyyah, even though they affirmed the Rububiyyah, they did not purify their ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They did not purify their ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, due to that, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu fought against them. Now, and so, this is what we understand from this affair, first and foremost. That the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, here where Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahhabi mentions the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam fought against them. I fought against them due to the fact that they opposed Tawheed. They opposed the da'wah of the, the Anbiya and Mursaleen, all of them, including himself alayhi salatu wasalam. And so that's due to the khubf and the filth in relation to what they were upon and the true reality of what they were upon he fought against them Naam. Allah Ta'ala mentions likewise وَمَا يُؤْمِنُونَ أَكْثَرَهُمْ بِاللَّهِ إِلَّا وَهُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ I did not find the majority of them believing in Allah Except that they associate partners with him. So the fact that they are believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They believe in his rububiyyah. They affirm the affair of tawheed. This is not sufficient. This is not sufficient. And thus, for example, when we're discussing the affair of rububiyyah, then... You have the taqseem of tawheed, where some mention the taqseem of tawheed being two. Naam, the type of tawheed being two. And what are the types of tawheed being two, if we were to say? We don't know. It's mentioned by uh, Sheikh Islam. Tawheed? But what, what was the do you know the name? There was a specific name for it for each one. So yeah, essentially, this is what as you said, but there was a specific name that was mentioned for each one. First one in terms, the first one a tawheed, ma'rifa, well ifbat. So the first one is tawheed, the ma'rifa or ifbat. I that a person, however they tawheed, they have knowledge and they affirm that which they have that they have knowledge of. A ma'rifa or ifbat. So Tawheed al-Ma'rifal al-Ithbat essentially is that al-Rububiyyah and Asma wa Sifat. So Tawheed al-Ma'rifal al-Ithbat is where the individual he affirms that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one worthy of worship. He affirms that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord of all the creation. And he has knowledge of the Asma wa Sifat of Allah in his names and attributes. And he affirms them for Allah. Naam. This is the first. Then you have the second, which is Tawheed of Talab wal Qast. Tawheed of Talab wal Qast. The Tawheed of that which is the, the um, either Talab, which is sought, a request, and the intent, the Talab wal Qast. And this essentially is a Tawheed al Uluhiyah. The Tawheed of Ibadah. 
Tawheed and Ma'rifah or Ithbat wa Tawheed of Ibadah and so because of this if we were to look at this in, in, in that regard the Mushrikun the disbelievers they may affirm the Tawheed of Ma'rifah or Ithbat they may affirm the Tawheed of Ma'rifah or Ithbat so they affirm that Allah Ta'ala is the Lord of all the creation. They affirm, maybe they affirm his asma wa sifat. Naam. However, they don't worship him alone. And so thus, here Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab is making it clear that the people do not believe in Allah, Naam, the majority of people do not believe in Allah except that they will associate partners with him. So it's not a case that you have the mushrikun uh, just due to their shirk you assume that they do not believe in Allah in the first place. Because essentially shirk is the ibadah along with Allah. So worship something along with Allah. So then that's something, due to that, that is a clear indication that they believe in Allah in the first place. And thus they worship along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the fear of the... the uh, the Tawheed, the Rububiyyah, and the affair of the Mushrikun in terms of their tiqad, their beliefs. So that's a question. It's a question that people ask. If we were to say that Tawheed is of two types, Ma'rifur al-Ithbat, Talabul Qasd. Now, and of course, that the Tawheed that, or the, the categorization that we're well aware of is the free, which is Tawheed, which, which is what? Sorry? So we have, we're, we're well aware of the three. And we have uh, this categorization of two mentioned as well. Now, how do you respond to the individual that says, for example, you have these three types of Tawheed, and some say two. So what's the problem with us mentioning the fourth? What's the problem with us mentioning a Tawheed al-Hakimiyah, as mentioned by some individuals? Why can't we mention four? If you've got two and you've got three, why can't we just add one more, add four? How do you respond to such a query or reality shubha? Uh, it's just the difference is only in like classification. So in, in reality, it's the same thing between the two. Jade. No, it's, it's exactly that. The difference is only in classification and how they divide it. So, we mentioned uh, when you mentioned that a if but then that is inclusive of the, the two, two of the three, and talabul qasd is inclusive of the or is is uluhiya, the the one of uluhiya. So they're, they're essentially the same thing. However, if you mention now tawhid al hakimiyah, then you've made a whole new category, and in reality, you've made a whole new category. Why? in order to push and defend and spread the shubuhat in relation to talking about the rulers and takfir and the manhaj of the khawarij. Because when they bring a new, this new category, they brought a new category and they've taken bits and pieces from the categories that already exist. Hence, this category, this fourth category is obsolete. There's no need for it. But they want to single out this particular affair in order for them to increase in spreading their shubahats when it comes to talking about rulers and the likes of that, and takfir of the rulers, and, the, and then thus thereafter make a takfir of the Muslim societies. And so this is the clear difference between the two. Wallahu ta'ala. A'lam. Naam. And so... Thereafter, we understand this affair of uh, the Mushrikun. And so, what we understand as well is that this affair of the Ma'murat doing actions of obedience. This is a, this is a causation of the zinat al-qalb. 
and it beautifies the heart. The individual that does the, 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 these actions. As for the as for this affair of leaving off the menhiyat, as for leaving off the menhiyat, the things that are prohibited, then this is what prevents the individual from falling into halak and falling into any yeah, destruction. And so, due to that, we understand in relation to this qaida that a person can believe that you're ma'mur with believing in Allah Ta'ala and his rububiyyah. Now, you're commanded with that. And so, this is something which is an obligation upon you. However, alongside that, what is required from the individual as well is that they leave off the ibadah of anything other than him. So, yes. Performing the righteous actions is something that we do to beautify the hearts and attain the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if we really truly want to attain the reward along with, of course, avoiding destruction, then we have to leave off the manhiyat. We have to leave off the things that are prohibited. And... One of the the, the, the imma they mentioned in relation to the actions of ta'a, of ta'a, actions of obedience, that this is done by the barwal fajr. Action, good actions, righteous actions, they're done by the righteous individual and the fajr as well, and the wretched individual. They're done by the barwal fajr. As for the affair of tarq, leaving off the muharramat, even of that which is haram, then it is not done illa min al-siddiq. This is not done except for the one that is truthful. He is truthful in relation to his ibadah. This individual is a true, true worshipper of Allah Ta'ala. So it's not sufficient that a person says that I believe in Allah. I believe that he's the Lord. However, he does not leave off the menhiyat. He does not leave off the prohibitions. The greatest prohibition that has been placed upon the ibad, no doubt, is shirk. It doesn't leave off the affair of shirk. Naam. The reality is that the one that is the true worship of Allah, he doesn't just do the righteous actions, he leaves off the actions of disobedience. Now, And so, Sheikh Fawzali mentions that the affair of Shirk, the affair of shirk, is not shirk in Ububiya only. Naam, when we're talking about shirk, we don't say that it's shirk in Ububiya only. Naam, except, and then Sheikh, the Sheikh goes to mention, you don't find anyone that falls into shirk in relation to Ububiya, except that he is from those that are outliers, is an outlier. Now, I'm sure it's someone that is an exception to the rule, if anything. Generally, people who affirm that, that Allah Ta'ala is the creator, he's the one that sustains, he's the one that, that disposes of the affairs and creation. I in this, this the, the monotheist uh, the monotheist belief in relation or the monotheist belief in relation to Rubriya at least. And that's uh, I guess it's something which is strange to to comprehend, especially when we live in a land like this, where atheism has become widespread, and the denial of the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in totality has become widespread. And when we talk about the affair of creation itself, then this is something which is, something which is ascribed to big bangs and evolution and all of these other things. But in reality, this affair of Rububiyah, on a wider scale, the affair of on a wider scale, is something which is affirmed by many people, by the majority of people. Now, however, this does not now mean because they affirm a Rububiyah, that they have now entered into Islam, or that because they affirm Rububiyah, that they are not from those that are could be, be regarded as being from the Mushrikeen. أو يرزق مع الله أو يحيي أو يميت
بل المشركون مكرون بأن الله هو هو الخالق الرازق المحي المميت. And so you don't find anyone from the creation that will claim that there's another creator along with Allah. Or someone provides and gives sustenance along with Allah. Or brings about life, or causes death along with Allah. Rather than mushrikun, they affirm. And they're in agreement that Allah Ta'ala is the creator. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is the one that sustains his life and his death. As Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَلَئِنْ سَعَلْتُهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَقُولُونَ اللَّهِ نعم كل من رب السماوات السبع ورب العرش العظيم سيكونون لله. And so Allah Taala mentions. And if you were to ask them, I don't mushrikun. If you were to ask the mushrikin, who created the heavens and the earth? Indeed, they will say Allah. They will say it's Allah. Likewise, they state, Allah Taala states. Who is the Lord of the heavens and the earth and the Lord of the glorious throne? They will say it belongs to Allah. This belongs to Allah. So no doubt this, when they're referring to, in, in his ayat, referring to they, is referring to the mushrikun, referring to those that associate partners of Allah in their ibadah. However, along with that, even along with that, they still affirm the affair of a ruwiya for Allah. Now, Allah Ta'ala mentions, قُلْ مَنْ يَرْزْقُكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَمَنْ يَمْلِكُ الْسَمَاءِ وَالْأَمُسْرَارِ وَمَنْ يُخْرِجُ الْحَيِّ مِنَ الْمَيْتِ مَنْ يُخْرِجُ الْمَيْتِ مِنَ الْحَيِّ وَمَنْ يُدَبِّرُ الْعَمْرِ فَسَيَقُولُونَ اللَّهِ And as the ayah mentioned in the Qaeda, say, Whoever gives you, who provides you sustenance from the heaven and the earth, and who owns the hearing and the sight, and who takes the life from death and death from life, and who oversees of the who's the overseer and disposer of the affairs, indeed, they will say Allah. I don't shukun, they will say Allah. They affirm that Allah Ta'ala and they have they are mukirrum. They affirm and they agree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's actions. So they affirm that he is the creator. They affirm that he is the one that gives sustenance. They affirm that he is the one that brings about life. They affirm that he is the one that causes death. As Rashid Gomez mentioned, فَلَيْسَ التَّوْهِيدُ وَالْإِقْرَارِ بِالتَّوْهِيدُ الْرُبُوِيَةِ كَمَا يُقُولُ ذَلِكُ عُلَمَاء الْكَلَامِ وَالنُّظَّارِ فِي الْعَقَائِدِ فإنهم يكرون بأن التوحيد والإقرار بأن الله هو الخالق الرازق المحيي المميت. And so it's not توحيد by way of just saying or توحيد is not just affirming the rububiyah of Allah. We cannot now say a person upon توحيد because he affirms the lordship of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. As is mentioned by some of the ulama or some of those that regarded that make intisab the knowledge. They affirm that they ascribe to knowledge from the people of Kalam rhetoric by way of their creed. And they affirm and that they make the claim that Tawheed is the affirmation that Allah Ta'ala is the creator, the sustainer, the one that gives life and brings about death. I they affirm his actions and they say this is Tawheed enough. And they affirm this for Tawheed only. We understand from this Barakal people. It's going back to what we mentioned as well in um, in our introduction. And what we discussed in our introduction in this. Second definition which is um, relevant to what we're discussing today. And the second definition, they say that La Khaliq in Allah. 
يصير لا إله إلا الله يصير لا خالق إلا الله. That there is no creator besides Allah. They say this is what la ilaha illallah means. Is this correct? If we say la ilaha illallah means there's no creator besides Allah. Is this correct? No. Why? You know, it says no creator besides Allah. Creation and essentially, if you understand that in creation, then you're only affirming what? Tawheed? Rubia, what we're discussing today. So if you say there's no creator besides Allah, now, then all you're affirming is that the Rubia of Allah. Now, you're not affirming ibadah for Allah Ta'ala, no? or anything besides that. You're saying that he's, there's no creator besides Allah, i.e., the Rubia is for Allah. That's what you're saying. What's uh, what's another issue with this as well? The rest of the mushrikun. That they accepted uh, the time. No. So if we say the kalima of la ilaha illallah is the kalima which enters you into Islam, and at the same time you're saying that la ilaha illallah means la khariqa illallah, then there's no creator besides Allah. Then thus you are saying what? The mushrikun are Muslim. The mushrikun are from amongst the Muslimin. Because they've said the word, that which suffices to enter them into Islam. Naam. Or they believe that which suffices to enter into Islam. Of course, it's a batim. Then we have the third definition of La ilaha illallah, which is La ma'bud bihaqqin illallah. La ma'bud bihaqqin illallah. There's no deity worthy of worship in truth besides Allah. Now, is this correct? Now, this is correct. Because you affirm by way of this, the first thing is that you, you do not negate the existence of other deities, other things that are worshipped. However, you affirm only that there's only one deity that is worshipped in truth. That's the first thing. So you don't, you don't negate other deities. You affirm that the day other deities are worshipped in truth. That's the first. That's the first thing. The second is that you affirm the Uruhiya for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. So you do not restrict your definition to Ar-Rububiyya. You affirm the Uruhiya of Allah. That he is the only worthy of worship. You mentioned worship in this. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Barakallahu fikum. Thereafter, we have Al-Qa'idah Al-Thaniyah. We have the second principle. And the second principle mentions أَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ مَا دَعُونَاهُمْ وَتَوَجَّهْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ إِلَّا لِطَلَبْ الْقُرْبَى وَالشَّفَاعَةِ فَدَلِيلُ الْقُرْبَى قوله تعالى والذين اتخذوا من دونه أولياء ما نعبدهم إلا ليقربونا إلى الله زلفا إن الله يحكم بينهم فيما فيما هم فيه يختلفون إن الله لا يحدي من هو كاذب الكفار ودليل الشفاء ودليل الشفاعة قوله تعالى ويعبدون من دون الله ما لا يضرهم ولا ينفعهم ويقولون هؤلاء شفاعون عند الله وشفاعة شفاعتان شفاعة منفية وشفاعة مثبتة فالشفاعة منفية ما كانت تطلع من غير الله فيما لا يقدر عليه إلا الله ودليل قوله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا أنفقوا مما رزقناكم من قبل أن يأتي يوم لا بيع فيه ولا خلة ولا شفاعة والكافرون هم الظالمون وشفاعة مثبتة هي التي تطلب من الله والشافع مكرم بالشفاعة والمشفوع له من رضي الله قوله وعمله بعد الإذن 
كما قال تعالى من الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه and so the second principle is in relation to the affair of the talab, the seeking in to Allah and the shafa'ah, yani intercession. And so it begins by mentioning that they say, I referring to the mushtaq, the, the, the speech of the mushrikeen, that they say that we did not call upon them, nor did we direct to them, I are ibadah. Except that we sought from them Qurba. Except that we sought from them nearness and intercession. And the proof for Qurba, this affair of nearness, seeking nearness to Allah, that they claim, is the same of Allah Ta'ala. And then those that take from other than Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, as awliya, they state we did not worship them except that we would attain with Allah Ta'ala a station and closeness. Indeed Allah indeed Allah judges between between them and that which they have differed. Indeed Allah does not guide the one that is liar that is a liar and disbeliever. Thereafter as well, you have the proof of the Shafa'a where Allah Ta'ala mentions that they worship, i.e. they worship from Allah Ta'ala. That which will not benefit them, that which will not harm them or benefit them. And they will say that these are intercessions with Allah. And the Shafa'a is intercessions of two types. The, the, the negated Shafa'a and the affirmed Shafa'a. An incorrect and a correct. That which is negated is that which is sought from other than Allah. I seek an intercession with other than Allah. In, a, in something that cannot be done except by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the proof is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. O you who believe, spend from that which you've been provided with before a day comes to you where there is no selling and there's nowhere to there's no hiding and there is no intercession and the disbelievers they are the wrongdoers and as for the affirmed shafa'a then this is what is sought from Allah first and foremost I the one that seeking the shafa'a and Allah Ta'ala has granted and bestowed upon him nobility by way of the shafa'a and the one that the, the intercession is sought for, Allah SWT is pleasing me by way of his speech and his actions. After, and this is this is only occurs after Allah Ta'ala gives the per, permits for this intercession. And the proof is the state of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is able to seek intercession except with his permission? Who is able to seek permission, uh, intercession except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And so, this affair of a shafa'a, the mushrikul, the mushrikin, are individuals that Allah ta'ala, first and foremost, he, he refers to them as the mushrikin. And the hukum alayhim, the ruling upon them, is that they're khulud finnar. Those that associate partners with Allah, those that worship other than Allah, they are in the hellfire for eternity. And so they do not state these things that they worship, they don't state that our deities create or give sustenance along with Allah. They don't state that they benefit or harm or that they dispose of their affairs along with Allah. They don't state this. 
Now, rather, they take them as intercessors and intermediaries, along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah ta'ala states, وَيَعْبَدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَدُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَكُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاءُنَا إِنْدَ اللَّهِ So they worship along with Allah that which will not harm them nor benefit them. And they will say that these are our intermediaries along with Allah. Now, مَا لَا يَدُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُونَ إِنَّهُمْ مُتَرِفُونَ بِهَذَا إِنَّهُمْ لَا يَنْفَعُونَ وَلَا يَدُرُّونَ وَإِنَّمَا يَتَقْضُوهُمْ شُفَعَاءُ so by way of this ayah نعم يعبدون من دون الله ما لا يضرهم ولا ينفعهم ويقولون هؤلاء شفعاؤنا عند الله they worship so they take these ayat these these individuals worship ayat of worship but they know that these things cannot they cannot harm them nor benefit them because ultimately what we understand from harms and benefits ultimately this is in the hands of Allah سبحانه وتعالى this is in the hands of Allah Ta'ala. That if a person wishes to repel a harm, then first and foremost they need to they need to seek the aid of Allah to repel that harm. If a person is seeking some form of benefit, then they should seek that benefit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because ultimately He is the one that is in charge of all of the affairs within the creation. And so they're aware of this. Because, as we mentioned earlier, what do they affirm? What do they affirm, as we mentioned earlier? Rububiyyah. They affirm the Lordship. So because they affirm that Allah Ta'ala is the Lord of all creation, they're going to affirm that ultimately, ultimately all harm and all benefit comes from Allah. They know this. However, this does not stop them from, from worshipping other than Allah. Why? Because... They claim that these things that they are worshipping are intermediaries between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, they will slaughter for them. And they will make vows for them. And they do these things, either slaughtering and they make the vows. They'll do these things not because they create or that they sustain or that they benefit or they harm. And this is not their creed, it's not what they believe. Why do they do so? Because they believe that they are intermediaries between them and Allah. And that they will bring about some form of intercession with Allah. This is the Aqeed of the Mushrikeen. This is the creed of the Mushrikeen. And the Shaykh goes on to mention, وَعَلْتَ لَمَّا تُنَاكِشَ الْعَانَ كُبُورِيًا لَمَّا تُنَاكِشَ الْعَانَ كُبُورِيًا مِنَ الْكُبُورِيينَ يَقُولُ أو يَقُولُ هَذِهِ مَقَالَةٌ سَوَاءٌ لِسَوَاءٍ يَقُولُ أَنَا أَدْرِي أَنَّ هَذَا الْوَلِيُّ أَوْ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ الصَّالِحُ لَا يَضْرُبُ لَا يَنْفَعُ وَلَكِنْ هُوَ الرَّجُلُ الصَّالِحُ وَأَرُوِيدُ مِنْهُ شَفَاعَةً لِإِنَّ اللَّهَ And so if you was to go to a kuburi, someone that worships and goes to the graves and the tombs and they worship the graves and the tombs, they will say this statement, yani 100%, word for word, verbatim as they say. They'll say this statement word for word. So they'll say, and I know, now I know that this wali, this particular wali, or this, this rajal salih, this righteous man, I know that he cannot harm me, no benefit. However, He's a righteous man. And so due to that, I want to seek intercession with him. Intercession from him with Allah. I want him to intercede for me with Allah. And this is something that you hear. So this, this speech here that you find, the mentioning 
of the speech of a shafa'ah in intercession, I seek an intercession and everything of the like of that. It's not merely just the speech of the mushrikeen and awwaleen, like the first mushrikeen, amongst mushrikeen. Rather, this is the speech that you find from amongst those individuals that are muntasibul al-Islam, those that ascribe to Islam. There's a Qubori, and a grave worshiper, he's going to say, I'm oh, Muslim. Naam, he's going to say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. However, he worships graves. And then you say to him, you need to worship Allah alone. He says, we know that these things do not harm us, so they do not benefit us. However, we worship them to draw near, nearest to Allah because he's a, he's a righteous man. And this is, this is the speech that you hear. Like his dua will be more powerful than my dua. His ibadah is better than my ibadah. So if I direct my ibadah to him, then he can intercede for me and worship on my on behalf. Because his, his ibadah is better than my ibadah. And so no doubt this is something which is bartim. And so it raises the shafa'ah, intercession, fiha haq or fiha bartim. There's truth in relation to it and there's bartim in relation to it. There's falsehood in relation to it. And in regards, in, in regards to the shafa'ah, then you have the haq and you have that which is correct and you have that which is sahiha. And this is dependent upon two conditions. Two conditions in relation for this, uh, this uh, intercession to be correct. And to call bi that the intercession is with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And secondly, and you call mashru'a fihi min ahl tawheed ay min usaa muwahhidin and the second is that the one that the shafa'a is sought for is from the people of tawheed ay the muwahhidin ay those that are regarded as being from the disobedient amongst the, the, the people of tawheed now I mean, this, this is why we're referring to the fear of, of shafa'a an intercession, person needs intercession because maybe he has action of disobedience with him. I say he needs someone to intercede on his behalf. Naam. And so this is what is referred this is why it's referring to, or the reference is to the uh, disobedient amongst people Tawheed. And so if one of these two conditions is missing, then this intercession is batil. This intercession is false and incorrect. As Allah Ta'ala says, Who is able to seek an intercession with him except with his permission? And they do not, or they cannot seek intercession except with the one that we please with it. I have the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Or for, except for those that, that Allah is pleased with them. And these are those individuals that were are from the disobedience among the Wahideen. Amal Kuffar, Wal Mushrikun, Fabatanfa'um Shafa'a. Fabatanfa'um Shafa'a Shafi'i. And as for the Mushrikun, as for those that associate parties with Allah, then there's no intercession that will benefit them. No intercession will come to benefit them. Now, Allah Ta'ala mentions, مَا لِلْظَالِمِينَ مِنْ حَمِيمٌ وَلَا شَفِيهٌ نَعْمْ لَا شَفِيهٌ يُطَعْمٌ And so, there's nothing that will come to aid those who are the wrongdoers. And in relation, and no one will come to uh, intercede on their behalf. So these individuals that, that direct their worship to Allah, they may have heard of this word shafa'ah, an intercession, but they, are not, they do not have knowledge of its true meaning.
نعم وراحوا ويطلبونها من هؤلاء بدون اذن الله and so they seek it from other than Allah and they seek this uh, intercession from other or other than the picture of Allah azawajal بل طلبوها لمن هو مشرك بالله لا تنفعه شفاعة الشافعي and so rather they seek نعم this intercession from the one as a mushrik billah and so he intercedes with an individual that's committed shirk himself and of course this shafa'ah, this intercession is not going to benefit him فَهَؤُلَاءِ يَجْحَلُونَ مَعْنَ شَفَاعَ الْحَقَّ وَشَفَاعَ الْبَاطِلَ so in reality they have ignorance these individuals are unaware of the true intercession and then session upon falsehood. And thereafter, the Shaykh mentions, وَالشَّفَاعَةَ لَهَا شُرُوطَ وَلَهَا قُيُوطَ لَيْسَتْ مُطْلَقَةً So Shafa'a, an intercession, is not just absolute. The person just seeks intercession. There's conditions that we mentioned. What are the conditions? What are the two conditions we mentioned for intercession? So the first thing is what? That the intercession permits this intercession. The second? That your intercession is from, are you interceding for the person of Tawheed? Naam. You're interceding from the, for the Mawheed. Right, so this is the affair. So it's not mutlaq. The Shafa'a is not mutlaqa. For Shafa'a, Shafa'a times. There's two types of Shafa'a. The Shafa'a nafahullah jalla wa'ala. And so the first is the, the, the shafa'ah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates. And this is the intercession that occurs the intercession that occurs without his permission, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no one could seek intercession of Allah except with his permission. وَأَفْتَرَ الْخَلْقِ خَاتِبَ النَّبِيِّينَ مُحَمَّدَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And the best of the creation is the seed of the prophets. The Nabi Muhammad صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And so, if إِذَا أَرَدْتَ أَنْ يَشْفَعْ لِأَهْلِ الْمَوْقِفِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يَخَلُوا سَاجِدًا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَبِّهِ وَيَدْعُوهُ وَيَحْمَدُوهُ وَيُثْنِي عَلَيْهُ وَلَا يَزَالْ سَاجِدًا حَتَّى يُقَالْ إِرْفَعْ رَأْسَكُ وَقُلْ تُسْمَعْ وَشْفَعْ تُشَفَّعْ فَلَا يَشْفَعْ إِلَّا بَعْدِ الْإِذْنِ So this is the Khatim al-Anbiya, Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. As mentioned in the hadith in Sahih Bukhari where it mentions the affair of the shafa'a of the Nabi alayhi salatu wassalam where he alayhi salatu wassalam yawm al-qiyama approaches his Lord azawajal and enters into sujood he goes into sujood before his Lord azawajal Supplicating to him, praying and praising him. And he does not stop prostrating until it said to him, Raise your head and speak, and you'll be heard. And seek intercession, and you'll be interceded for. This speech here. It's proof other than the ayah mentioned as for this ayah other than this ayah this speech here this within this narration is proof that even a permission is needed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the intercession can be made so when you have these individuals now saying that I'm going to pray to my sheikh I'm going to make dua to my sheikh 
I got to make dua to Sahib, the person that was within this grave, to intercede for me. This is referring to the khayr the, the khalq, the best of creation, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. And in his scenario, alayhi salatu wasalam, even in this scenario, he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, had to seek permission and remain in sujood until he was permitted to make this intercession. So this is the, the relation to the, the first type of intercession, the one which is negated due to the fact that it, is not, it does not have one of these conditions. Then you have the affirmed, the affirmed and the correct intercession. And Sheikh Fazali mentions, This is the intercession which is for the people of Tawheed. The person of the Mushrik. So intercession does not benefit him. Why? Why, if we, why is it if we say the person of Mushrik that the intercession does not benefit him? Because Shirk is not forgiven. Shirk is not forgiven. So he's going to be He died upon Shirk. So we know that the abode of this individual, he died upon Shirk, is that he's going to be within the hellfire. Naam. So the intercession is not going to aid him in any way, shape, or form. Because he's died upon that affair of Shirk. So then we know straight away that this affair of, uh, of, uh, shafa, of the Shafa, the intercession, is li Tawheed. It's exclusively for the people of Tawheed. Now, and so what we understand from this is that if a person, he may have sins, he may have died upon certain uh, actions of disobedience, whether it be from the Kabayr or the Nuh, now, other than that, he seeks intercession. He seeks intercession for those, for those, uh, for those sins and those, uh, those things that he's fallen into to be forgiven and pardoned. So, what is it you call them? Al-Qurabin al-Qubur, wal-Nadhur al-Qubur, hadha mushrik, la tanfa'u al-Shafa'a. As for the individual, as the example given now, he Seeks nearness by way of the, the by way of the graves, or he makes vows to those that are within the graves. And this person is a mushrik. This person is a person of shit, and so thus this affair of intercession does not benefit him. Well, khulasa to call and the shafaa manfiya hi alati tutlab bi'ghali ibn Allah or tutlab li mushrik. And so the summarize the summarization of this is that. The negated and the, the 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 intercession which is incorrect is the indirect intercession which is first of all either sought without the permission of Allah to intercede without the permission of Allah, or that it is sought from the mushrik, it is sought from or sought for on behalf of the mushrik because this this intercession is not going to benefit him. As for the Shafa'a, which is correct and affirmed, this is the intercession which occurs after the permission of Allah. And this is for the people of Tawheed. And this, alhamdulillah, concludes the second principle and also concludes our lesson of today. Jazakumullah khairah. وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم relation to the, the affair of the graves, if it's the graves of uh, a person that's Muslim, then it's the better that they don't harm the graves or they don't disturb the graves of the Muslim. So in that scenario, what would be best is that they remove, they remove the masjid, they remove the masjid and leave the grave as it is now. However, if it's the graves of those that are not from amongst the Muslims 
as is found in uh, when you refer back to the seal of the Nabi alayhi when they first moved to uh, Medina, they first made hijrah to Medina, where they intended to build Masjid al-Quba, there was a site of graves. So they removed the graves and then built the Masjid upon it. So then what we understand from this is that if it's the graves of the Mushrikeen or the, mushri, or the, the Kufar, then you can, you can move them for the purpose of the Masjid. Because no doubt the Masjid Muqaddam, they precedent. If it's for that purpose, or if you want to, um, or if it's the, the graves of the Muslims, then you, you leave them as, as it is. Um, and, and for the Maslaha, for the benefit, the greater benefit, you build the Masjid somewhere else. For that. Okay. Likewise, no. if a person financed the building of a masjid mm. and then uh, upon his uh, near time of death he made a wish to be buried next to the masjid instead of being buried in the graveyard or where the Muslims are, should this be granted or? Because he, so you said he had a clock, he, 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 he attended the masjid. He attended the masjid and then he now he wants to be buried next to the masjid. He financed the building of the masjid. Oh, he financed so the building he, of it. Yeah, he, he was the one that financed the building. He should be buried amongst everyone else. He should be buried amongst everyone else. For, to, uh, no doubt, avoid any sharf that may come later on. If, if, it's, if it's known that his grave is there and it's next to the masjid, even though it's not inside the masjid. The fact that it's a firm that his grave is there, then this could lead to a much harm, greater harms in the future, for example, shirk, essentially. Because uh, it could be said that this person, he's the one that built the masjid, he's a Rajm Saleh, and this is, this is uh, how these affairs of shit, um, you know, come about. Rather, what we understand is that when it comes to burying someone, there, there shouldn't be any sort of form of, um, of virtue given to where a person is buried, um, or one that is, is favoured over the other, no sort of favour when it comes to someone's burial. They should be buried where, um, you know, where the people are generally buried in that particular location. Except for, of course, the Anbiya. The Anbiya are buried where they pass away. Um, so where they pass away, that's where you, you bury them. As for any other person, then they should be buried amongst the, you know, most of Muslims, of course, if they're from Muslim. No. And Sheikh, what do you call it? Can you pray Isha since the time is already on here? Can you pray Jama'ah? Yeah? Yeah, you're going to pray Inshallah. No, Inshallah. If a person intends to rebuke the Sufiya and he calls them Mushrikeen, however, he doesn't mean by it that he's making takfir of them, mm-hmm. is this correct? So, of course, you can, if you're talking about the just people yani in general and you're talking about this etiqad, then of course it's the etiqad of Mushrikeen. So you say this, you affirm this is the etiqad of Mushrikeen, and this is a uh, uh, means to make it absolutely clear what they're upon. As for, it's what you find in the books as well, the books of uh, of Kitab uh, Tawheed, these books generally are not referring to the Mushrikeen of Quraysh. These books are not, not authored by the Hindus. Now, they're referring to those that are Muntasibin in Islam, those that are those that are ascribing to Islam and the shirk that they've fallen into. And so then the, the, the author, Sheikh Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab, is referring to them as Mushrikeen. He's referring to them as Mushrikeen. However, we do not now say that Fulan and A'yanihim, yani specifically Fulan or Fulan, is a Mushrik. Or so and so, so and so, and Mushrikeen. Obviously, this is, this is something now which is tantamount to takfir. Naam. Obviously, takfir needs, it has its dawabit one more it has specific rulings in relation, to, in relation to it and things that are preventative factors in relation to it. And so it's a, it should only be done with based upon sound knowledge when it comes to that affair. All that. So, for example, if I was to mention that the Sufis, they worship the dead in the graves, and uh, these people, they are mushrikeen, this does not mean automatically that I may take care of them? No, because you're referring to general, the general etiquette. No, the general etiquette. The general etiquette is that the, if you were to say, for example, the extremists from the Sufis. Now, so you're not saying the Sufis, because obviously Sufia is, is quite broad. Now, if you were to say the extremists from the Sufis, which is of course understood now. Extremists from the Sufis, they worship other than, they worship, they worship, they go to the graves, they worship the graves. They make tawaf around the graves. And this, this is, these, these individuals are from the Mushrikeen. Now, no doubt, this is, this is a firm, right? As for like when you're talking about specifics and specific individuals, then that's something else. Well, I don't know. Something like that. Something like that.
that's what I handled it. Yeah. So, um, I would say in regarding to session, um, would, the, uh, would the Mars be interceding for, uh, seeking intercession for the uh, for those of us on And can a Mars be categorized as, like, for example, a person who's dying defending his home? Yeah, so in terms of uh, the, the, the one that's the Shaheed first and foremost, there's many different categories, there's many different times a person can be regarded as being the Shaheed now. And in terms of uh, uh, the intercession, the intercession can occur, but as long as those conditions are fulfilled. So if the individual is a martyr and he fulfills the conditions, then that can, that can occur. Well, no. But... There, and as you, as you, the example you gave, the one that defended his home, this is someone who defends his property specifically. Then this is one that is regarded as being uh, a martyr if he dies in that regard. No. Hold on. No. If the person dies uh, upon disbelief, can the funeral be attended? If the person dies upon disbelief, can they. Generally speaking, no. So if a person dies upon disbelief, then of course. Uh, their funeral, their funeral wouldn't be attended, even to the extent where it's mentioned sometimes that the one that dies upon sins, any major sins, and is open, they're openly sinning. But they're Muslims. That, generally speaking, their funeral shouldn't be attended, but the people should fulfill the wajib and pray over him. So as long as they know, as long as you are aware that people have prayed over him, then you shouldn't go out of your way to, 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 to attend the funeral of such an individual. That's for the one that's Muslim. Now, much less for one now that is the disbeliever. Because first and foremost, uh, no doubt there's no, uh, we, as Ahl we don't say anything cutting. So we don't say anything absolute. So we don't say absolutely. For land is in the hellfire, for example. Now, so uh, even though we don't say that, we, we, all we can act upon is that that which is biased. Ahl Sunnah acts upon that which is apparent. If it's apparent that he died upon disbelief, then we don't we don't uh, give any form of karama for him in that regard because he's died in, upon that which is uh, you know that which is evil, of course. So um, attending someone's funeral is is, a, is an action of karama, nobility, and and a, a, a good a good a goodly action towards someone to the extent where the message of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi mentions that it's from the rights of the Muslim upon the Muslim. So because of that. You, it shouldn't be something that is just given to an individual, given to someone that disbelieves in, in that regard. No, Allah. Um, just on that point of the Muslim sinner, the one who's openly sinned, major sins, is the reason that it's advised you don't attend theirs because of the lack of shame that the sins were No, the lack, of, the lack of shame that they were upon, no. But because they're Muslim, it's, it's still a case that the wajib is upon them to be prayed over. Yeah. No. no. What if that person, like your father or your mother, is actually you? It's all about um, individual circumstances, isn't it? And sometimes you have to find yourself in a situation where you ex- you have to explain it to the people and explain that this is not something that we that we're able to do, we're able to attend, and the like of that. However, if um, you know you find yourself in a scenario, and this may be something that many people find themselves in. When they're within the, within these uh, or their their uh, relative does pass away, then it's a case of they have to, and they might be, sometimes as well they might be if it's such a close relative they might be responsible for the funeral. So they do that which the least in relation to the funeral, make sure that the burial is done. They don't do anything in terms of cremation or anything like that, and that's what's required. That's what's required from them. If it's not. Uh, requirement for them to to even organise it, then they they should avoid it. If they um, if they are able to, of course, uh, make it a means of dawa. A lot of the time, that's difficult because people are you know highly emotional at times like that, and they don't want to listen to reason or dawa like that or anything like that. But sometimes it can be the it can be the catalyst that causes someone to think about their existence and their reason and the purpose of life. So if you can use it as a means of dawa, then that's that's what should be done. Other than that, is, is, you know, a person shouldn't attend these things because we've no doubt uh, the majority of these of these these gatherings are going to be gatherings where it's going to be sharp, it's going to be evil. There's going to be either uh, in the kufr uh, that you'll find or uh, fisk in the actions of um, evil acts and the likes of that. And so there's going to be no benefit in that. Um, all on. Yeah. 
based on what Mahmoud says, they say if a Muslim is known, uh, let's say a family member of yours, you know that he did, never prayed. And now when it comes to their funeral, mm. in terms of what about attending there or praying up on him? That's for the one that doesn't pray, then of course then this is this goes back to what a person generally believes in relation to uh the Talik of Salah, the one that has left off the Salah. If you believe if you if you firmly believe yourself that the Talik of Salah is a Catholic, for example, and this is the opinion of many of the scholars, then for example, as a lot of the scholars mentioned from them Sheikh Fozan as well, is that this person cannot be prayed over. Lam, this person can't be prayed over. If, if, for example, you know this individual is not is not uh, is not one that prays at all, and then he has a janazah, and you believe that you can't be prayed over in the first place, then it's not. It's a case of you can't attend because if now something's happening or any action is happening that shouldn't be happening, then you wouldn't attend. If that makes sense. So, say for example, they they message you know they hear a message they they're praying uh, Salat al Jum'ah on Thursday. Now you know they can't pray Salat al on Thursday. Now, so you want to attend. So now, if you know that, for example, there's a jama'ah of people and they're praying the Salat al-Jama'ah or Salat al-Janazah, sorry, over an individual that, from what uh, you're well aware of, doesn't did not pray at all. There, and you hold the be- and you hold the belief that this person, due to that, is, is disbelieved. Then you know you want to pray over them. In relation to the individual, so in relation to this, it goes back to the principle that uh, that certainty is not removed by way of doubt. So you only affirm the last thing you knew about them for certain. So if the last thing you knew that, either, that they were Muslim, then you can act upon that and you hope for them good. Now, so the last thing you knew about them was Muslim, but then some, there was some doubt whether they were, they, they were still Muslim and then they died. Because of that doubt, it doesn't remove the certainty. That's the principle. So that's just, just like the principle we referred to, or just like how we use this principle for uh, Tahara. Say, for example, you have wudu, you're about to go and pray. But then you, or you make wudu, you're about to go and pray. But you don't remember whether you broke your wudu or not. Now, you don't go and make wudu again. You're, the, the last thing you knew is that you had wudu. So that same principle, it's, it's based on that principle, that certainty is not removed by way of doubt. So if now you have the the last thing you were certain about is that he was Muslim, but then there's some that offers you here of some doubt in relation to that, then that doubt does not remove the certainty that you had before. So you act upon that certainty.